Hey Hope family, welcome back to another Hope Daily. Glad that you are joining us. And just a couple more looks at the book of Luke and then we're on to the book of Acts, at least for my part here on Mondays and Fridays. If you haven't seen, we are going to be posting videos that kind of give you something to keep an eye out for as you read, whether you're reading year one or year two. Mark will be doing year one videos, I'll be doing year two videos, and those will be posted and saved on the Instagram account, which is at Hope Christian Fellowship. So make sure you're following over there. Today, we are going to be in Luke 18. And before we get to the passage, have you ever been proven wrong? Probably not, right? You're always right. But that one time that you were proven wrong, but you refuse to admit it. You're like in the middle of an argument and you realize, I don't know if I even believe this anymore, but I'm just going to keep fighting. I have to. Some of you are more humble than I am and you're able to admit that you're wrong when you're wrong. But for most of us, we turn into amateur lawyers even after the judge brings down the verdict. We are still defending our case. And when we run out of facts, what do we do? We just make fun of the other person and their opinion. We demean their position. I can't believe you think that. Oh man, what does that say about you if you believe that? Only these type of people believe this type of thing. This goes on all of the time. It happens in our interpersonal relationships. It happens at work, at lunchrooms. It happens in church. It happens in meetings. It happens online all of the time. It happens on your favorite news channels. And pastor and author Scott Sauls actually calls this the cable news rage dynamic. We form these tribal identities, us versus them. I'm part of this group. And so anyone who's not a part of this group, they are the them, and anything that they believe is bad. And we become immovable in our beliefs and our opinions. And we actually end up doubling down on our previously held beliefs when faced with contradictory evidence. And this is not just anecdotal, where you can point to a story and say, well, I know that happened over here. But social scientists have actually shown that we don't change our minds when presented with facts. We only change our minds in relationship. Jesus addresses this mentality in Luke 18.9. In that verse we read, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. We have all probably found ourselves filled with the spirit of Luke 18.9, where we trust ourselves, we trust our side, our team, our political party, our pastor, our way of doing things, and we convince ourselves it's not just a better way, it's the right way, and we are better than anyone who thinks or acts differently. Now, when we are faced with the other, we seek to shame them. We want them to feel like nothing, which is what we think of them, that they're worse than us, and we want to make sure that they know it. When someone from our team demeans the other, we swoop in and we pile on. As followers of Christ, this sort of tribalism, which is all too common in our age of polarization, is to be avoided at all costs. Let us hear the story Jesus had to tell those who suffered from an early version of cable news rage dynamic. Starting in verse 10 of Luke 18, he says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee was standing and praying like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, 
greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus paints this picture that probably wasn't too hard to imagine for those who are listening. One of a Pharisee who goes to the temple and another of a tax collector who goes. I don't know how often the tax collectors frequented, but you could certainly imagine them, they're still Jewish, going to the temple. And the Pharisee prays this self-righteous prayer. You know, I'm so good, or at least I'm better than this guy over here. Whereas the tax collector goes with humility, saying, basically, woe is me. I'm, I'm the chief of all sinners. I'm the worst. And Jesus says that the one who comes humbly is the one who is justified rather than the other one. And he ends by saying, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And this is similar point to the point he was making in a previous chapter, chapter 14, where we talk about the awkward dinner guest. Jesus says, don't seat yourself at the highest position because someone will come in who is more important than you and you will be shamed in front of everyone. But instead, sit at the end and if the host comes, he'll move you up. So the one who comes in pride will be humbled, but the one who comes in humility will be lifted up. Jesus's brother, James, picked up on this point and he talks about it in his letter in James 4, verse 6. He says, he, being God, gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There is a spirit of the day to be puffed up, to be prideful, to assume that we are right. And everyone who agrees with us is therefore right, and everyone who disagrees with us is wrong. And in certain topics, we believe things with such fervor that whether it is religious belief or it's a political belief or whatever it is, we hold it with a religious fervor. And so when someone attacks that position, we feel personally attacked at the the deepest of our core. And so we respond aggressively. We respond in pride. But what happens when we actually are wrong? Are we able to admit it? Probably not, because we've built up these defenses of pride. We've come in this pride, and so to be wrong now is to be humbled in a way that is devastating to us. But if we come with humility, and we find out we're right, and we change someone's mind, then we that position, that spirit, is elevated. And so I think the spirit of our day, as Scott Saul's calls it, the cable news rage dynamic, is very much how most of us interact with one another. And I think there's another way. I think Jesus calls us to view ourselves like the tax collector. Certainly, the tax collector was a sinner. But also, the tax collector probably had some redeeming qualities. He didn't do everything horrible and everything bad. And even Paul, who calls himself the chief of all sinners, we know he had a few redeeming qualities because we laud him as a hero of the faith today. And yet he had a humility. 
He was not there to serve others. He was there to serve God. And so we need to step into that call as well. We're not here necessarily to make friends or to make people feel good about themselves, but that doesn't mean that we go around with arrogance. We can still hold on to the truth of Jesus Christ and we can hold on to our convictions, whether they are religious or otherwise, and they can be ours. We can believe them deeply, but we can believe them with a humility. We can see those who disagree with us not as enemies, but that they have something to offer as well. And so we approach them with humility. Whether that humility is reciprocal or one way, we should still approach them with humility. And when we do so, we will receive grace. But when we stand in our pride, we will face resistance. And the ultimate resistance comes from Jesus himself who resists us because we have chosen to stand in our own strength.